the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Coming to you live from our mobile meth lab in the deserts of New Mexico, it's the Worldview Media Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm your host, Gordon Runyon, and with me is middle daughter, Jordan. Hello. Hello. Now, Mama Joyce is taking the week off. She deserved it. We basically work her like a slave most of the time. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) And we are here to talk about the uh, groundbreaking, highly acclaimed series from AMC. The series is called Breaking Bad. Yep. Now, I've been watching Breaking Bad on Netflix when I get a chance here and there. And after these low mini years, (laughs) (laughs) I'm in the middle of season four. Yeah. Jordan just joined me pretty much in season yeah, four. I started right the last couple episodes of season three into season four now. Okay. Yeah. And so she's kind of picked some things up in the middle, but she has an idea of what's going on. Yeah. Now, it may surprise you to hear this, Jordan, but I've seen respectable people, even respectable Christian people, suggesting that Breaking Bad is the best television that's ever been on television oh really is that a little excessive in your view i mean i like i say i didn't see that first season which i know you say is the best of the season so far but (laughs) right yeah you haven't seen very much of it but i wonder what you're thinking by now from what i've seen it is a pretty pretty good show like it's it draws you right in and stuff, and I mean, I came in right in the middle, Yeah. and even just sitting down right in the middle of an episode, in the middle of the season, <laughs> in the middle of the show, <laughs> I'm like, whoo, what's going to happen? <laughs> so right. I, I feel like it is pretty quality stuff, Have and the acting noticed, seems really, yeah. really good. And is it the acting that's kind of stood out for you, or what? I feel like it's really some very good acting, and the writing is... All seems to be pretty quality and stuff. I feel like yeah. this is sort of movie quality TV show stuff. Yeah, I guess I can see what you're saying. I uh, uh, after the first season, I was ready to get on board and say this is the best television series ever. Uh-huh. The first season was really really good. I thought and of course the plot of the whole series is that you have this high school chemistry teacher named Walter White Mm -hmm. teaches at a public school in Albuquerque and he finds out he's got terminal lung cancer Mm -hmm. and he's going to die soon and he realizes that his chosen profession is not going to allow him to leave his wife and kids with very much in terms of financial stability. Right. And it occurs to him that he's he begins to see uh, low class individuals making a whole bunch of money in the drug trade. Okay. And 
begins to cook meth himself and hooks up with a former student who's yeah. a bit of a low life. Well, just a loser. Really. Yeah, just a loser. And they enter into the drug trade right. as their own source and their their own sales force. Mm-hmm. And hilarity then ensues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as, as they inevitably butt heads with like drug gangs and stuff that are already in place. Right. Because like they're just coming out of nowhere. These <laughs> right. Two they don't guys. know what they're doing. Yeah. Right. And. Uh, the other bit of drama comes from the fact that Walter White is hiding all of this from his family, of course, and doesn't want them to know. And right. So on top of trying to not get busted by the police and not get killed by criminals, he's trying to make sure his wife stays happy and all that. Yeah. Which she eventually doesn't. and She finds out what's going on. Right. And yeah, because by the time I started watching, it seems like everybody kind of knows. She does, at yeah. least. Yeah. And the other major characters, so you've got Walter White and his partner, Jesse Pinkman, who's kind of the, yeah, just a loser, kind of. At some, there's some level on which he has a basic knowledge of right and wrong and and probably prefers to do right. Yeah. But it can easily become too inconvenient to do what's right, and so he does the wrong thing. Yeah. So you've got Walter and Jesse, they're the partners. Walter's wife, Skyler, is there. He's got a young son, Walter Jr., who has special needs. Mm-hmm. And Skyler's at the beginning of the series, she's pregnant with their second baby. Uh-huh. Then, also major recurring characters are Skyler's sister, Marie, and her husband, Hank, who is right. a... Hank is a DEA agent. And so then part of the drama is that while while Walter's out cooking meth and trying to make a bunch of money, yeah, Hank is actually unknowingly tracking his activity and because yeah. Walter makes the best meth ever and and it's because of the chemistry background yeah. and stuff. And so that's where a lot of the tension comes from. At the end of season one, like I say, I really thought. It was just amazing writing, and and I guess I felt like the series was a lot different than I thought it would be, just okay. from what I heard. I I just thought it was always going to be pretty heavy drama. Oh sure. And uh, and it really wasn't like that. There were there are some episodes that are really super intense and uh-huh. have you on the edge of your seat, but then they also have episodes that are very character driven, and yeah. some are just funny. Right. <laughs> a lot of the humor is pretty dark humor. Yeah. But uh, some of it just made me laugh my head off. There was uh, <laughs> there was one episode that I was telling you about in season one where uh, where Walter White found himself having to kill or be killed with a drug dealer guy. Oh, yeah. So he manages to kill the guy, but now him and... Jesse have to figure out a way to dispose of the body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Walter tells him, here's the chemical that you need to get, and you need to put the body in a plastic container and with the, with this particular acid, and, and uh-huh. it'll all be fine. Uh-huh. Well, it's too hard to stuff the body in there, and, and Jesse decided his bathtub would work just as good. <laughs> and so he puts the dead body in his bathtub with this acid, uh-huh. and... 
course, plastic is the only thing the acid won't eat. So it ate through his bathtub and <laughs> ate through the floor. And yeah. this was on the second floor of his house. <laughs> and so at some point then, before they had cleaned the body out of the bathtub, it's still in there cooking and yeah. it just looks nasty. And you uh -huh. imagine it smells like terrifying. Yeah. And so the bathtub and everything crashes through. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, then when, no. when it hits the floor, this pink goo, this pink sizzling goo just oh. kind of it explodes all over everything. <laughs> and the next scene is Walter and Jesse in like these anti-contamination suits with the breathing apparatus yeah, yeah. and everything. And sponges. <laughs> <laughs> and they're sponging the goo off the floor and stuff. Oh, and, man. And I was just thinking about how nasty that would be in real life. <laughs> But I, I was, I was like you. I was just laughing. I just thought That's it was just too crazy. It was pretty hilarious, really. Oh man, that's so funny. Uh, let's see. So, is and you mentioned that you think the acting is really good. Oh yeah. And I, I think that too, especially with Brian Cranston who plays Walter White. Right. And I think there are times when just the look on his face tells you everything you need to know about what he's thinking. Yeah. And so he's got a very expressive face and he does it well. Mm -hmm. But then I was kind of wondering how much of that is editing. You know, mm. are they, somebody's doing that later and chopping things up and saying, right, this is a great look. And, For it to go and, right yeah. here and stuff. Well, and that does happen, you know, like editing is always a thing. Yeah. But you have to have had that face yeah. You know, to begin with. Right. And another thing that I... So I would agree with you that I think the acting has been great. I, one of the things that I've really appreciated about the writing as a guy who has aspired to write uh, fiction before mm -hmm. is I think the writers obviously have done their homework. I mean, they right. seem to know a lot of details about inside the drug trade and yeah. inside cartels in Mexico and stuff. I mean, uh -huh. they seem to really have it down about how these things work. And right. So that's been kind of fascinating as well. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, as a New Mexico boy, it's been kind of fun to see a, a major series that's not set in the normal places like L.A. or Chicago or New right. York City. Kind of neat to see him passing by buildings in Albuquerque that, hey, I've been right by, I know where that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was hearing, like, a Skyler was in the car or something, and the radio was on, and the guy was talking about, like, traffic and stuff, and he's talking yeah. about, like, Eubank, and I'm like, hey, I know Eubank. <laughs> <laughs> right. Naming these things. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and so it's been fun to see those things, and and to have it said in Albuquerque is really pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I, I heard that there was concern from the Albuquerque Chamber of Commerce that that this show was going to make people think that Albuquerque is all, like, drug-ridden. Oh, and right, stuff. just like how they had to stop having cops episodes be filmed in Albuquerque. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear about that. That was a while back. But I remember that Albuquerque was upset because so many episodes of cops were putting them in a bad light because they had all these, like, criminals and stuff. Oh, so they were like, stop, stop yeah. filming here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, truth hurts, don't so it? No more episodes yeah, right. from Albuquerque. <laughs> well, it is a horrible place. Yeah. I mean, it is. The whole time I was growing up, when I was your age and younger, New Mexico had the highest per capita murder rate in the nation. Yeah. You know, and and uh, wow, 
and watching the UFC and stuff, a lot of the best fighters come out of Albuquerque, and the reason the fight camp is there is because the guy that runs this really Trying successful to get kids fight off the camp. Streets and stuff. No, the reason he's great at it is because he had to either fight or die uh. when he was on the streets, and so he became a really good tactician and wow, that's fight crazy. coach and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, that's been kind of neat just to see that that sort of atmosphere of the place. It does make for a different kind of series. Yeah. I mean, when you're not always in the concrete jungle, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Then in season two, I was really on board in season one, and season two really made me mad. Oh. Because... You know, they have, I think it's called a cold open, where they do the first scene, and then they have the opening credits. Oh, yeah, I think so. Well, in the first scene for season two, almost all the time, it was this weird scene from the bottom of Walter's swimming pool. And he's looking up and seeing a half-burned teddy bear floating in the in the water. And its eye is, is popped out, and the eye's floating on the water. And, okay. And then later you start to see... That's not all that's wrong at Walter's house. All the windows on his car are busted out, and it even looks like there's bodies underneath body bags. And, oh, yeah. And people there in anti-contamination suits who are scooping up evidence and stuff. Uh-oh. And this is all season long. They're teasing this just, scene. Just the <clears throat> beginning thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then after the credits, then they'd go forward with this week's episode. Yeah. So all year long, they're teasing this scene, and you're wondering how, what in the world, how does it get to here? Uh-huh. <clears throat> Until then the last episode of season two, literally deus ex machina, where the answer falls out of the sky for uh-huh. no reason, and, uh-huh. and everything they'd been teasing was really only kind of the connection between what they were teasing and what actually happened to get it there and Walter White's life was very tenuous and just stretched. And uh, it was very irritating to me. I've been waiting all season to see what the answer is. Yeah. And then the answer is just this, literally just stuff falling out of the sky, you know. And, huh. and uh, I just thought, that's some sloppy writing there. It really is kind of a DSX yeah. machina sort of thing. But then I think season three came along and the big tease was these two uh, assassins for a Mexican cartel that are coming up to kill Walter White. Okay. And it looked at one point like they were going to build this all up and then it was going to, and then, and then it seemed like it was over really quickly and Uh and I was thinking, oh, that's cheap too. That's ridiculous. (laughs) But then they came back and finished it off, and it was a lot more significant than it looked like it might be. And oh, well. They're the ones that caused Hank to now be in the bed that he's in. They shot him oh, up. okay. I see. So. Uh, that's pretty impactful. Here we are. So I think we both agree it's, it is the kind of show that kind of pulls you right in. Yeah. And I like the fact that the episodes are kind of varied. There are some that are really suspenseful. Yeah. And... and you think the characters are going to die. Mm-hmm. And, and then there are some that are just very character-driven. Yeah. And some, like recently, they had one that was just focused on a fly that was in right. the laboratory. Uh-huh. Yeah. Really, the whole story was about them chasing this fly. Yeah. Really reminded me of the kind of episode that might be in the old MASH series from back in the day. Oh, sure. So that was a lot of fun. Any uh, other thoughts on this 
before we take our break? Uh, no, I guess not. I mean, I'd probably have more thoughts if I had seen more. <laughs> I need <laughs> right. to go back and, and do all that stuff. All right. Oh, the uh, I guess we should warn, too. There are... It is an adult show. It's not something you want kids to watch. The language is bad at times, and... I think there are some, like, partial sex scenes, and there are places where drug culture is really pictured in a very gritty and realistic way and kind of disturbing that way. Right. And the violence sometimes. Yeah, the violence. The violence is good. <laughs> good violence. <laughs> uh, of course, I need to try to be less violent. <laughs> right. You and your bloodlust. <laughs> All right. So we'll take our break and come back. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom. back on the Worldview Media Podcast. We had to take a break and uh, do some work in our full breathing apparatus. Yeah. And it's hard to podcast in that, but... You get a little muffled. Right. Now our meth is setting up very nicely and we have time to continue. <laughs> yep. As we're in our in our RV. <laughs> in the desert. <laughs> right. With no gas. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we want to talk about some of the meanings and some of the worldview issues that are preached. Uh, one of the things that I was kind of, that I've kind of always wondered about, you know, Breaking Bad has been a lot around for a long time, but I just kind of started watching it a while back. You know, it already had all six seasons yeah. going before I started watching it all. And one of the things that that I found puzzling was just the name. What does that even mean, Breaking Bad? Mm. Yeah. Do you have an idea about that? Uh, I don't know. I have a speculation, and I think it might have to do, like, like when you're playing golf, uh -huh. and you hit the ball, and it's either going to break to the right or break to the left. Oh, okay. And in the, so the show is about Walter White breaking towards bad. Oh. He's heading in that direction. Oh, that's and, interesting. And then... I quickly started to notice that it's not just about Walter White breaking bad, but it really kind of shows all the major characters breaking bad. Oh, I see. That's sort of true. Yeah. Because you've got Walter White, who decides to become a drug kingpin. <laughs> yeah. Just wakes up one morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> you've got his wife, who seems like a pretty decent person for a while, but then... Yeah. 
she goes to work and finds a way to be okay with knowing that her boss is cooking the books and Mm. and doing illegal things with the money and she's the bookkeeper so she's right. the one that's going to get in trouble and but she finds a way to be okay with it huh. and then she at some point after she finds out that walter's been lying to her all this time she then has an affair with her boss in an effort to just strike back at walter and, oh. and cause him as much pain as he's caused her sure and so that's that represents Breaking Bad, and uh-huh. then her sister Marie. If you if you're not watching her, she's a kleptomaniac. Right. She loves stealing things and shoplifting, uh-huh. and, and here recently she loves making up these fanciful stories and you know telling right. wild tales. Uh-huh. And, and Hank, the DEA agent. I think the first time we really see him, I may be wrong, but one of the first times we see him in the whole series. He offers Walter a cigar from Cuba, and it was during the time when those things were contraband and illegal in the United States. So so you've got this DEA agent who's perfectly okay with smoking illegal cigars and stuff like that. And, And now he's at a place where... He's understandably kind of doubting himself and mm-hmm. and doubting his own manhood and stuff like that, but that's not a that's not really a a new thing. There have kind of been pieces of that throughout where mm-hmm. he's kind of purposely put on this macho front, right? But you see him kind of having panic attacks when the stuff really hits the fan and stuff like that. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, so he's kind of living a little bit of a lie himself a lot of the time. And uh, so it just began to occur to me, and Jesse's a bad guy anyway. He's always been a drug dealer and stuff. Yeah. And so, and he treats women terribly and all that. And But it just kind of seemed to be a a theme that here are these quote-unquote decent people and uh-huh. under the right circumstance, they all turn into villains, pretty much, right. and they're all doing bad things. And huh, I, yeah. I kind of, I kind of like that. I mean, it makes for a dark story at times, right? When there's no clear good guy. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I like the fact that, you know, that's kind of based on a biblical truth, right. that. Given the right circumstances, we can all fall into temptations and find ourselves justifying sin in ways that are, well, horrific, really. The Mm -hmm. things that we can do when we figure out how to justify ourselves, it's ridiculous, you know. Yeah. You have church people getting abortions, and, and you have church people... You know, addicted to pornography or addicted to drugs or, mm-hmm. or whatever that might be, and 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 so that's common to all men, and so we get this. I think we develop this kind of false sense of righteousness that yeah, I'm one of the good guys. Well, yeah. you may not have done all the evil that someone else has done, but biblically speaking, you are just as depraved mm-hmm. as any one of these, and and if God should withdraw His restraining hand from us. And there's no limit to the evil that we'll do. Yeah. And so uh, I've kind of liked that thematic concept that's throughout the show. Right. You were mentioning you had a little bit of a thematic thing going on, too. Well, I had just figured just the whole sort of basis of the show seems to fall with this sort of theme of, like, 
how the ends will sort of justify the means, even if those means are like these terrible things, like <laughs> right. becoming a, a drug lord <laughs> and, right. and all of this stuff. And it's like, that's sort of the whole main conceit of the show, but it also sort of pops up in all these little moral issues that Jesse yes. and Walter keep getting into, where they're like, well, we gotta do this to survive, or like, right. how are we gonna cover up this one thing just so that this <laughs> next thing works out okay yeah. a little better and all this stuff. And it's the same sort of concept where it's like, well... As long as we're trying to get to this goal, whatever we need to do to get there, that's right. that's what we got to do. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't I don't mean to do a spoiler thing, but Jesse has always kind of had this moral compunction, and he doesn't want to be a killer. He's not a really ruthless sort of bad guy. Right. He's just kind of stumbling through the drug world and all yeah. that. Yeah. He's just trying, trying to, get to survive. By. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from beating to beating. And, uh, oh, poor Jesse. <laughs> there does come a time toward the end of season three where Jesse winds up taking a step that he didn't, he wouldn't have taken. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, he winds up committing a sort of sin that he really, he refused to in the past, but now right. here he is doing it. Uh -huh. And now, so far in season four, I really kind of like the fact that the writers are showing him in a great deal of like psychological turmoil, right? As a result of having crossed that line that he knew he didn't want to cross, and right? He's unable to be alone with his own thoughts; it mm -hmm. drives him crazy, mm -hmm. and, and he's kind of descending, circling the drain, sort of thing. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And but Walter, after this had happened. <laughs> goes to Jesse and you know he wants to make sure he's okay and what he does to do that is like you know you did what you had to do <laughs> right you had no other choice <laughs> and so it's like it's that thing where hey I know you feel bad about this but remember yeah. it's all about the end goal you had to do this yeah and so and I feel like that really hasn't helped with Jesse so far right. that whole idea like sure he's been told that but I think he's really struggling with sort of making that better. real yeah yeah, yeah. And as you were talking, it reminded me of the fact that then throughout, over the course of the series, which, you know, you haven't seen it all, but there were a lot of things that Walter started out really reluctant about doing. Mm. Uh, when it came down to him really either having to kill or be killed with this one drug dealer guy. Yeah. Uh, before it came to that, he had the drug dealer tied up and completely subdued and all that. Uh-huh. And both he and Jesse decided that the really only logical thing to do was to kill the drug dealer. And, mm. and But it did show a thing where Walter's still struggling with the decision. Yeah. He doesn't really want to kill him. Uh -huh. And so he gets out a piece of paper and he draws two columns on the paper. <laughs> and one column says something like, kill him. And the other column says, don't kill him. And so he starts writing down reasons in both columns. Uh -huh. And under the don't kill him thing at one point like the third or fourth item on the list it said judeo-christian principles <laughs> <laughs> man i'd laugh my head off when i saw that <laughs> that's that's funny <laughs> it was so funny because he's obviously not a believer in anything yeah you know? but he's just like i gotta take this into consideration though <laughs> judeo-christian principles and i died <laughs> oh that's funny yeah wow but I was pointing that out, that here he is struggling with this. He finally does kill the guy. He doesn't want to. It's a horrific thing. Mm -hmm. And then uh, 
But now here recently, wow, when he felt like he had to save Jesse's life against right. a couple of drug dealers, there was no hesitation. No, and well, then, not that we saw. He was in that car out of nowhere. Right. But when he got up and the one guy's still alive, mm -hmm. man, he got that gun and just shot him yeah, right there with that's no... that's true. I think that qualifies as cold-blooded murder, you know. Yeah, probably so. And, and then here just recently, now he's talking about the big drug kingpin that right. he works for. And now he's like begging this guy, just get me in a room with him and I'll do the rest. Like yeah, he's, yeah. He's ready to go and murder this other guy too. Oh, uh, yeah. And so not only does it show that everybody will break bad if God's hand doesn't restrain them, but once you've started breaking bad. Yeah, then it's just so much easier to keep on going. <laughs> right, right. And your conscience gets wounded, and it's easier to take that step. And mm -hmm. So I really feel like a lot of what's in Breaking Bad, at least so far into the fourth season, the the anthropology, the study of what it means to be human, Yeah, I think has really been very, very accurate, you yeah. know, in, a, in terms of how Hollywood works and stuff. Right. And so for me, that's just been, it's been a pleasure to watch that. It is a little bit darker, but the thing that rescues it is because there are intentional points where it's funny like that. Mm -hmm. and, and it's just, uh, I guess I'm trying to justify the fact that I enjoy watching it. <laughs> <laughs> fun though it's fun to watch well it does have plot twists and stuff oh the other thing i didn't like in the second season there was a there was a span of episodes in the second season where walter white got out of sticky situations by because of his mr wizard chemical abilities okay he's stuck in a room but he's able to combine some chemicals that happen to be on the shelves oh. and and either uh, incapacitates the bad guy or dissolves the lock or something like that. You know? Oh, wow. And I was a little bit worried the whole thing was going to turn into MacGyver. You <laughs> With <know>? chemicals <laughs> and meth. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it hasn't been that, although Walter is still a guy who, once he figures out what the situation is and what the game is, I'm starting to see he really is like a master tactician yeah. and he knows the right steps to take and how yeah. things are probably going to go. And, and he seems to be a really good talker too. He can, <laughs> you know, right. he's kind of got that guess. thing going for him. And sometimes he goes off the rails a little bit, but like it always kind of circles around to him getting yeah. out of stuff. Right. And let's see. So we're at the point in season four where obviously things are coming to a head between the the big boss man and him uh -huh. and is i'm kind of wondering is is walter gonna become the kingpin for the region I feel like, like, I feel that like guy? if he if he gets rid of him then that's got to be the only that's the next logical step where he's gonna just climb right up the ladder and yeah. be that guy yeah I could see that happening if he, I, I if he gets it, his hands on him. Yeah, I think it's heading there, too. Yeah. And the other thing, uh, another character that's introduced is uh, Saul Goodman, the slimy lawyer. Oh, yeah. And, of course, he's the he's the guy that inspired the spinoff series, yeah, Better, Better Call, Call Saul. Saul. And yeah. I guess it's a prequel. I don't know anything about it, but okay. I think it's a prequel series. Yeah, I've only heard people saying it's pretty good, and that's 
all that I hear about it. I wonder if it's the same writers and stuff. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I like Saul a lot. The other guy, the other character I really like is the ex-police officer who now kind of functions as an enforcer for the bad guys. Right. Uh, Mike is his name. Yeah. That actor, I'm surprised he's still around. I think he's been playing that part <laughs> in movie after movie after yeah. movie. He's just got that look where you think, oh, mafia enforcer. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yep. But he's been doing that for a long time. Yeah. So he's kind of like Jack Black. He where, did seem super familiar. Yeah. And I don't, I couldn't place him, but. I'm well, you sure know, I've Jack Black around. is Jack Black in every movie that he's yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And this guy, I kind of wonder if he's like that in real life because he. <laughs> he yeah. plays that character all the time. Right. He's he never, actually is a mafia. <laughs> right. He's never anything other than <laughs> that guy. Okay, so very interesting. The One of the lessons that I feel like I took away from this is what should Walter have done when he realized that he had the terminal diagnosis? And of course, as a Christian person, you should immediately resort to God and prayer. And mm -hmm. The book of James talks about gathering the elders around and anointing the sick person with oil. and Yeah confessing your sins that you may be forgiven and the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Uh -huh. I think that's all right and legitimate, but it also made me think that if you're living a life right now and and if you're living your life in such a way that a terminal diagnosis like that would be a unmitigated disaster. Uh-huh. You need to change the way you're living. You need to you need to be living in such a way that God could call me home tomorrow. And I wouldn't have to spend a microsecond wondering how's my family going to be and, yeah. and stuff like that. And so I think that's a real responsibility for Christian people is to not just live well and live in obedience. But part of that obedience is to make sure that you're preparing for your family and you're providing for them in a way that they won't be in a disaster if you, if right. you go. And uh, so it was... That's what drove Walter at the beginning. He just right. realizes, oh, man, my family's destroyed if I leave. It shouldn't be that way. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be sad and all that. Mm -hmm. I know you all will, will mourn for like five years. When I, when I, <laughs> the mandatory five years of mourning. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but your family should be able to move, keep moving forward is, mm -hmm. is the point. And so we should be living that way now. That's a, that's a good lesson. Amen, sister. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got anything else on this? Any other thoughts on Breaking Bad? Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't expect to like it as much as I, as I same, have liked it. Same. I was the same. I, and I feel like part of all the hype about it and stuff just sort of turned me off right. wanting to watch it. Because right. I'm like, oh, there's no way it's as good as everybody wants to exactly. say it is and yeah. all this stuff. But it, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I'm the same, same way. That was my reluctance. It's just, no, everybody thinks it's great. It probably is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's part of living with the counterculture mindset. <laughs> Whatever they like, I'm like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all. And uh, Mom, if you're listening, we missed you. But we hope you enjoyed your week of podcast-free living. <laughs> <laughs>
And you don't watch Breaking Bad anyway. So, it probably didn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, God bless you all out there. And, and uh, remember, part of the reason we're doing this is just so that creative Christian people might begin to understand what it means to write uh, stories that preach a Christian worldview. And you don't have to do that by... You know, going your your movie doesn't have to appear on pureflix.com or something like that, and <laughs> and it doesn't have to be an explicitly Christian movie. We need to be people who can just tell great stories that communicate worldview truth consistent with the scripture, and uh, that's part of how we dominionize the <laughs> entertainment industry. Yep. All right. Well. Thank you, Jordan. Appreciate you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Next time, let's hurry up and get this RV back to civilization. Okay. <laughs> All right, you drive. I'm tired. Oh, no. Wait. <laughs> <laughs>